You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. So you got Chris Rooney, real estate uh, expert, as they say, been around what, uh, a couple weeks now in the business? Almost. Well, it's going on my 30th year in August. It'll be 30. Crazy. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah. You don't look a day over 35. Thank you. I know it was weird. I don't know how I got my license, but my parents were in it. So maybe yeah. that's why. Yeah. I had uh, I had the same problem. I think it's genetic, right? Where you, you just kind of fall into the business and you watch yeah. your parents, you know, leading by example. And I don't know, I don't know if it was the, the lure of the uh, working weekends or late hours that I got excited about, or was it the, uh, you know, unpredictable income streams as the economy changes? I'm not sure what drew me in, but. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting. My, uh, you know, you yeah. talk about that and we talk about, you know, being kids of realtors and, um, you know, I, I think what got me going yeah. was more so than my, my parents doing it all the time, even though my parents were always able to come to everything that I ever did, which I mean, I, I did that for my kids as well, uh, because I think that's what's important. And um, the the thing that got me was, and you probably don't remember this, you're, you're not old enough, but do you remember Carlton Sheets? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he had, he had those tapes and stuff like that. And I had started finally making some money. Like I worked for a landscaper, not much, but I saved up all my money and got the Carlton Sheets tapes where you could buy things for a buck. You know, I, I, I and, did the same oh, thing, man. Yeah, and the t- the commercials were awesome, but once you got the tapes, I'm like, what, dude? This is impossible. This will never happen. You know. Yeah. But did you? I was watching it, convinced that I was going to own trailer parks. Do you remember back <laughs> in the day? He'd say, "You can buy a a, tr- a used trailer for a thousand dollars, put a thousand dollars into it, and rent it for fifteen hundred a month." And I'm like, "That's the math that works for me." <laughs> a payback in one month. It's awesome. I got, I got to do this. So, and then, and then you could have borrowed the thousand from three other people, you know, and right. you wouldn't have to pay them for 10 years. I mean, it was, exactly. it was some pretty crazy stuff, but I mean, he was really the beginning of it. And uh, it was, yeah. but that, I think that's the, the lure that it got me. But um, ironically, that, I ironically, think though, there was also, he made it pretty exciting too, because he talked about leveraging a seller that's in a position of where they're motivated. They don't necessarily want to take a discount. So how they could help you as a buyer was they would carry a second mortgage for no interest for two years or whatever. And then you could ride the appreciation train. And you know what I mean? It was, he had some pretty great ideas. I actually, when I was down in Orlando with my uh, family, drove by the Carlton Sheets Institute way back when. Yeah. And I was, I don't remember, I gosh, I don't remember how old I was. I think I was actually with my wife on our honeymoon and we were driving out of Orlando heading towards like uh, Daytona, Cocoa Beach or whatever it was. And all of a sudden I see this beautiful building in the middle of nowhere and you see the flag waving with Carlton Sheets' name on it. I'm like, (laughs) this is awesome. Did they have all the cars parked out front? Like remember that always had that picture of the house with all the different cars. Like you're going to be so rich. But anyways, it, well, it didn't work out for all of us. I'm assuming many, many people got rich off that. Yeah. So I, I that how late that the barber, yeah, just so you know. 
They're open. Um, yeah. My kid just finally got his head. Uh, they took a head trimmer to him, but That's they got that uh, nest off his head. That's good. That's good. Yeah. He just actually went out, uh, not to be off subject here, but he was just out and uh, him and his buddies just said, we got to go somewhere. We got to do something. And they were out in uh, Utah and Mount Zion National Park and just went out there and started hiking for a couple of days, um, you know, just to reset everything and, and uh, you know, uh, be in awe again. You know what I mean? Like there, there's not many places in the world you can go um, where you sit there and go, I am so insignificant and so little to the world. And the Grand Canyon and some of those big national parks, you know, Yellowstone. And I was so proud of them that they'd said, you know what, we've got time. We've got the resources. Let's do this. And they just did kind of like your boy over in Italy, but he's, you know, making a living playing football. But I mean, you know, he, he'd followed his dream too and said, let's go for it. Yeah. If he, if he was actually playing football over there, he'd be making a living. But since they canceled the season, he's just over there. Um, traveling right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's still getting his room board, but they, they, they don't pay him anymore. So now well, I guess he's doing work for me. Oh, allegedly. Yeah. So why don't uh, why don't you and I just up and go? What's what's our problem, man? Well, I'll tell you what. I think you know we look at this whole um, COVID thing and you know whatever you want to think about it. But the one thing it is is done is I think it's gotten people. I've been doing a lot more of of this kind of uh, conversation rather than um, going to people's houses and stuff like that. And yep. boy, you can get a lot more efficient. Oh my I really God. can, you know, rather than driving all over the place and missing appointments. And I mean, everyone, no, no one seems to ever miss a zoom call, but I can't tell you how many appointments you get canceled. So uh, there's some, there's some pluses uh, that have happened in this industry. Well, you know, and you think about that, the simple math on how many other factors affect a rural meeting daycare didn't show up uh, you know, auto problems, uh, traffic, uh, your job, they ask you to do something late. Uh, the last second, you know, I mean, there's always something that can affect a person's ability, even if they want to be there to attend a, a, a in-person meeting. So I agree. I think that our industry, I'm I'm kind of excited that we, in my opinion, have taken great strides in, in making the process a little more streamlined and making it easier, more convenient to meet with a professional. Um, you know, and, and I, this is, you know, countrywide. I've, I sit in on all these seminars, you know me, I'm kind of a junkie for that stuff. And I've listened and, and the amount of people that attend webinars online and the amount of people that are watching, you know, broadcasts and absorbing, consuming video, it, it's just unbelievable, you know, but. Um, you can do it on your time and when you want to be able to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, a, right, right. Well, hey, let me, uh, you want me to jump right back into our uh, program? Do it. We, we done talking about ourselves? <laughs> never. Never, never gets old. It's my favorite topic. <laughs> Okay. All right. So here we're going to jump right in again. So, um, oh my God, sorry. Only, Andy's only got three screens. Wow. I have three. I, I know. Did you, wow. you just sneak peek it? All right. So we're going to go right into question one. Home prices. It, uh, it's all on, about. Man. I have a question. So yes. we were at our office meeting the other day and yes. uh, I was doing this thing with a bunch of our agents and uh, they said Andy would have had a lot of graphs. And I didn't have graphs, so they're you're you're getting kudos. So go our, uh, our good our good uh, loyal viewer Andrew uh, Warwick says, um, "Working, excuse me, I what the hell am I thinking?" Uh, says uh, you are off subject, gentlemen. Nothing new. Weird. 
<laughs> a lot of good morning, fellas. And uh, so we appreciate you guys watching us. I know a lot of uh, you guys are up and want to talk about business. And so we wanted to go back to a little simplicity where home price is going. And I, and I think that it's real simple right now. You look at um, inventory that's out there, right? So here's your graphs that you were craving, uh, Mr. Rooney. Um, you look, what's that? For sure. Yep. Yeah. Look at, look at this here, guys. So eight and a half months of uh, supply back in 2010. Um, National Association of Realtors just put this out, talking about you know housing inventory and, and how much it's dramatically dropped. People are only selling when it works. They're not selling out of desperation right now. They're not selling um, because equity's back. Equity buys freedom. Equity buys safety. Equity buys um, you know that motivation back that uh, they don't necessarily have to sell. And and you know you look at just simply right now. And in Minnesota, I know it's, this is nationally, Chris, but mm-hmm. in Minnesota, it's closer to three yeah, percent uh, or three months of supply. Excuse me. Um, in the in the Twin Cities market. Yeah. Are you are you experiencing the same thing? Yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you what, I've had I had uh, two conversations over the last two previous days uh, with two different people, and yeah. both of them are listing. You said you know only if they have to list, but both of them are listing because of low inventory in their price range that's right. going uh, that that's like taking off, and so they're going to take advantage of it. And I think that's another thing that people are doing and. And, and the question is, and a lot of people, uh, the reason maybe why they're not doing it is um, because they're not knowing what they're going to find. But or, both, or they, what they find is two hundred thousand over what they want to spend. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, it's it's just kind of a it's it's interesting. So one person is just going to say, "Hey, I'm going to sit on the sideline for about a year." So we're just right. going to once we sell, once we do it, we're gonna we're gonna rent. We're gonna right. rent for one year. Um, and or go after a house that we can look at it as hey, it's not our long-term house, but maybe we're going to get a deal on it. So they might be looking at a price range that's not like hitting it hard right now and that they can get a lot better price on it. And well, so, and I think you, you know, there's people that are, are just a little leery, right? I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening out there and, and things that make us, you know, have that cautionary flag that says, wait a minute, maybe I'll, uh, I'll hold back a little bit here. And uh, wait for the um, the economy um, or the you know the health crisis or the you know all the crazy crazy things in housing prices too. I mean, you look at like the um, I look at just like some of the neighborhoods I'm selling in, and when houses list and sell the same day, that unnerves even the person with ice running through their veins. You know what I mean? It's like it's just too quick. It's too fast. You're making decisions that you know unless you're have all your ducks in a row, know exactly what you want to spend, and you've done all your research, and then that house coincidentally lists, and then you pounce on it. Um, and it, and but you know, so what's happening, I think, is this. So here's here's another graph for you. Home prices are projected to continue to appreciate. Now, this is a general survey of you know the Mortgage Bankers Association thinks that this year we're going to be another four percent appreciation because of the supply and demand. Um, you know, you've got Fannie Mae, not as optimistic, down at point uh, four. So they think we're going to kind of lay flat. Um, they're hoping for next year to be the year to recover. Um, Realtors Association always, this has been since before pandemic, um, they were always projecting this year to be a three to you know 5% appreciation year. After the election, they thought that we were going to go a little lower because after the election, there's not that 
pressure to keep rates low and to keep that GDP high, which is a big part of GDP, you guys, is, is housing, which is, you know, nationally, I think it's like 18% of the GDP is just houses selling. So that's why they put, that's why the government still stays involved in housing, I, in my opinion. What do you think about that? No opinion. <laughs> Great show, guys. Uh, next week, I'll talk to myself. I mean, uh, I'm talking to a wall. <laughs> this continue. Well, I thought you're asking me a different. If you're asking about this graph, I uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm always I'm always bullish. Um, but again, I'm uh, I, I look at this and I say, you know, there's some houses that have appreciated four percent over last month. I mean, because it's it's crazy in some of the um, in some of the areas uh, that you. You know that just that some really good uh, or high demand for that area. Yeah, and I think yeah, it might have had to do with this whole uh, Corona thing that uh, people are realizing what what they want. You know, and right. here I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna go get it. You know, I think a lot of people I've I've seen people in different spectrums of it. Some have really um, excelled in this time, and a lot of people have uh, really kind of turned um skeptical yep. and just kind of well there's there's a lot of the mental strength is something that man if you if you're fearful of whatever your health your job your you know security or safety it makes you make decisions that are different than when you feel good and positive and optimistic that's why consumer confidence in my opinion is absolutely critical for the success of an economy um for sure so 100 percent Okay, so kind of continuing on with that. Here's what, uh, so my favorite topic, the National Home Builders Association, talking about what do they think's going on. So they, he thinks, uh, this uh, Robert says, as the economy begins to recover in late 2020, we expect housing to be uh, playing a leading role. Housing enters this recession underbuilt, not overbuilt. Estimates vary, but based on demographics and current vacancy rates, the U.S. may have a housing deficit of up to 1 million units. Wow. Let's get our builder's license. Let's go, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did that once. Yeah. Once. <laughs> That's a lot of work, man. Being oh, a builder. Jeez. It's so fun to do though. I mean, I bet you, and, and you, you really get involved in the, the planning part of it. And, um, and I, that's, a, that's the fun part creating those things and come up with those ideas. And we're uh, very fortunate that we have clients that are, um, you know, in the uh, real upper bracket stuff are making, uh, they could do so many cool things and then they're doing right. them. And uh, it's just kind of fun to watch. Well, and you know, it's interesting to see too, what the ratio of uh, uh, under a million units. And, and remember now guys, the back during the, uh, the last housing recession, they changed the way they calculate, um, you know, construction starts they added in apartment doors. So in that million units, there could be 500,000 apartments, you know, unit units needed as well, not just always single family homes. Um, I think the key thing is, is that housing is definitely changing too, because you're seeing um, a lot of people that are still staying in rentals because they don't have the inventory or they get fatigued with shopping or they're too busy, preoccupied with the family, whatever. And they don't have the time to go out there and build or the money. And, and, you know, like I was saying the other day, I had a, uh, a customer that was asking me, hey, can we build a Rambler with four bedrooms, 
three bass and I need it under 400,000. And I go, I got it. But it, you know, by the time we're done with it, it's a 1400 square foot Rambler, um, fairly petite. It's got a three car garage on it and it's up in Forest Lake. It was the closest I could get to the cities and provide that under 400,000. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's nice. Don't get me wrong. That's solid panel doors, hardwood floors, tile floors, tile showers. I mean, loaded nicely. That's kind of a Cadillac version of a, a Rambler. You could probably shave, you know, 40,000 off of that, but the lot was 80, you know? And so you do the math on that. And not a lot of people want to retire into a, a house that's 400,000. You know, I think a lot of people are, you know, I hear that 250 to 300 all the time. Um, but yeah, but you know, you know, it's, you can say we could kind of spin it any way we want because if it's new construction. You're not going to have to do anything for a while. You know, there's a lot of people that are getting into houses that might be a little older and uh, I got to do the siding. Uh, now the roof, oh boy, the mechanicals need to be done. Uh, we got to re-landscape. I mean, a lot of that stuff is, it's kind of, um, and, and I hear this from people that are building. They're just like, you know what? I, I know I'm not going to have any problems 10, 15 years. It's like it's it's maintenance free almost for them, and you know they understand that you got to pay for that as well, and that is the thing like new construction. And I think people say, well, geez, I'll never be able to sell that house for that. Well, you know what? You're never able to sell a uh, a Mercedes that you take off the lot either for the same price, but you like it and you want it. You know, it's a brand new one, but you drive it, you know, a uh, hundred miles. You know, it's not worth the same thing. So, um, well, and I, I say the same thing about like hotels. When you, you go out on the road or you're on vacation or whatever, where do you stay? Do you stay at the, you know, the Red Roof Inn or do you stay at the, uh, you know, the Ritz-Carlton? I mean, there you, you life uh, amenities and, and things just cost different money for different luxury features. But, Chris, I'm glad you brought that up because new construction a lot of times does get the, uh, the reputation of being overpriced um, or higher priced. And But it's true. You know, you pay more for that property, but it costs you less to own it. Right. Like you just said, you don't have to fix the furnace for eight grand. You don't have to replace the roof. You don't have to replace the windows or the siding. So the cost to own it is actually less once you've paid more for it versus paying less for a house and then actually having to act over time. You end up buying that furnace and you're, you're literally going broke trying to stay in that house that was a lower upfront price. But it's the, the cost to own it is way higher. So it's a matter of how do you want to spend the next couple of years? I, I'm like you're saying, I'd rather have a higher purchase price and no nothing else and, and, you know, enjoy the best years of that house's life and then do it again. You know, something to be said for that. Yeah, I think some people, you know, with interest rates, you know, just because uh, a lot of people don't have that extra cash after the fact to do it. You know, and then you're doing equity lines. And if you can finance, you know, around 3%, I mean, it's pretty cheap money. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so bottom line. Here we go. Sorry, here's a quick little bottom line. Many uh, think home prices will depreciate due to the economic slowdown um, from the coronavirus, but experts disagree. As we approach the second half of the year, we may actually see home prices rise uh, higher uh, given the lack of homes for sale. And so that triggered a question from Carlos. Carlos, thank you for uh, watching and tuning in with us. Appreciate that. Um, he asked, um, "People are, are people basically buying houses at this time? I was under the impression that they were not. They're out there. Like I said, um, at our little pre-thing, we did this coming soon, which I've never done. And we did it two days before. And uh, one house um, that's uh, 275 in Bloomington, 
uh, has, I think, seven showings set up, and then another one for 420 in Eden Prairie um, has at least six or seven sh- set up already as well, you know, for it to kind of go on the market. And so that kind of tells you, I mean, I mean, obviously that price range is a lot, uh, goes pretty quick, but yeah, no, people are selling and uh, people are fighting for homes all the time. Multiple. Right. right. Yeah. The the people that want the houses, I think there's one of the things I'd say to Carlos too, is that uh, if you've watched our last couple episodes, we talked about interest rates being like historically low. Um, What that does is it just makes, I mean, house payments compared to the rent payments right now are almost in some cases half. So if you've got a good credit score and you can take advantage of these low interest rates, even if you pay a little bit more for the house over time, if you stay there, what's cool is that the actual payment being lower supersedes what you paid for the house. That extra five grand or six grand you pay for a house right now because of the demand and supply game um, gets gobbled up easily um, when you, you look at how much lower the payment is compared to your rent. Um, so it's, it's pretty exciting. I, I, um, I highly encourage if anything else, you know, if anybody's watching that's uh, that's uh, potential, I, I, I did, I just didn't know. Um, I'd start with a lender, um, talk to a lender and just say, what is, uh, uh, with a 3%, 3.2% interest rate. And I make this much money or I want to spend, you know, $1,500 a month on a payment. How much house can I afford? And let them do the math backwards for you. And then you can kind of call a real estate agent and say, listen, I'm looking for a house up to, you know, 150, 250, 350, whatever you're, I don't know what the numbers are, um, whatever that is. And then you can go out there and see if the value is worth what the payment is. Because I always tell everybody this, if you promise to rent that house for 30 years, at the end of the 30 years, the landlord's going to give you the house. It's a pretty nice gift, right? And oh, and all the equity that it's appreciated over those years. So it's it's a it's a wonderful reward for um, being a homeowner. And it, I don't know, it's probably one of the best ways to build wealth. Although I've been kind of a real uh, serial watcher of uh, naked and afraid, and that might be the way to go. You You save a lot uh, of money that way. What? I would literally, I would literally pay half of my life savings to see you on naked and afraid. (laughs) You'd have to, you'd have to do it really fast because I would, I would be tapped out in probably an hour. You're getting off the truck as they're dropping you in the jungle going, I'm out. I got a mosquito. I'm out. You're good. You're good. I got to take my shoes off. What? <laughs> oh, I actually, I'm, I'm so, it's funny you say that because I'm completely intrigued with that show too, because it's oh. so out of my mind. I hate bugs, right? So literally in my truck door, I have bug spray because I cannot stand gnats. I cannot stand mosquitoes. And I mean, I'll go camping, I'll go fishing, but I'm always bug sprayed. And I'm like, I watch these people laying there, like covered with banana leaves, and they're just getting attacked by mosquitoes. And I'm like, oh my God, no thanks. No, I, well, eating steaks and crickets and tarantulas. I, it's, I, I'd be okay with that. That I, oh. I do that. I'm kind of a hillbilly. Wow. Uh, Next question. Oh, it all goes back to my buddy Robert when I was growing up, his dad, Dale. Uh, he, we'd go out and we'd walk through the woods and we'd have our little pellet guns when we were like 12 years old. And we were so proud. We went out there and we go, Hey, look at, we shot this big red squirrel. And as the, the Dale looks at us and goes, well, boys, he goes, let me show you how to clean it. We go, well, we're not going to clean it. We just want his tail so we can put it on our, our hat. You know, I mean, I'm not joking with you. And we sat there and his dad cleaned that squirrel and literally took it. And we, no joke, pan fried that squirrel 
And he made us eat the squirrel. And he said, if you're going to kill it, you're going to eat it. And I'm like, I didn't know those were the rules. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that bad. We have a over. <laughs> it was delicious. So who knew? Um, okay. All right. So kind of moving on, let's get through some of these questions here. Um, what are the major cons of flipping houses and how do you overcome them? Chris Rooney. The unknowns. That's the major cons is uh, what you don't know what uh, you uncover until you take it apart. And really when you take it apart, um, you have to, I mean, that's what scares the, the buyer too, yeah. is really what's under there. And so um, I think that's, you know, the, the unknowns to me is the major con, you know, you can see it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that it's really what you can't see is the things that scare you. Right. Right. You know, I think that one of the, uh, the best research tools available in today's world of technology, Chris, would you take a guess as to what that is? The best re research tool? Re resource. Resource. Um, Think simple. You're checking Andy Prasky. What? All right. I would say taking the time to go across the street or go next door and approach the neighbor, especially if they're watching you, and say, hey, what's the story with the house across the street? And you will get an earful. I, I, well, you know what happened, and you know what they did, and you know why they moved. And it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, the neighborhood, um, when, when neighbors, because they care. They want somebody to come back in that neighborhood when they own the house across the street. They want them to care about it. They're curious what you're going to do with it. So when you present a proactive, hey, we're going to make this house beautiful. We're going to try to get more money for this house than we ever have seen in this neighborhood. And it's amazing how you now gain an ally with the neighbor. Um, the, the inside of the, well, you know what happened was years ago, the roof leaked and it got in the walls and there's mold inside. It's amazing how neighbors can tell you the things that you never had a clue or they got a divorce and this is what happened in the house. And they, you know, they turned down the faucets and they left and the floors are rotten, whatever. I mean, there's, there was, especially during the, uh, back when we were doing bank owned properties, I, uh, I would always ask, even though it was kind of awkward to ask, I'd go across the street and say, Hey, what happened across the street? So. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you mentioned something there too, about, you know, going across, uh, the, just talk to the neighbors and stuff like that. That happens yeah. all the time in normal resale stuff too. It doesn't just pertain to flipping. True. And, uh, I think you got to remember that when, when you're on the market, you're on the market, even if they're not coming to look at it and showing it and set up an appointment. So right. let's, for instance, say that um, you have a two-car garage, which is probably uh, a negative for that price range that you're in, and you got to overcome it. And all of a sudden, you know, you don't have a showing and you've got two kids with cars and how you park them and, you know, they're all in the driveway. You got to remember the buyers are looking at that. Because in showings, we get all the cars out of there so they don't see that. But then all of a sudden, if you're not if you're not staged at all times, you know, it could affect you. So you keep that in mind. And that's what I always tell people is that, you know, that's why you do it right from the beginning. Do right. it all right. You can suffer a little, you know, kind of like naked and afraid, first 21 days. Um, so we're going back to that. But just, you know, some it's not easy selling a house is not um, – Hey, this is no problem. We're going to be inconvenienced. Yeah, no, you are. And if you want to get the most amount of money, you're going to be really inconvenienced because 
there's nothing you can do. Don't you don't want to make dinner there? You don't want to do any of that stuff. Now, the the if you don't do it right from the beginning, now all of a sudden this thing sits and sits and sits, and all those little things start creeping back. You know what? Now I can start doing laundry again and leaving the laundry yeah. out, and then it, it doesn't work. One of the other uh, little quick things, and I, I mean, we could talk on a whole hour about this topic, but the major cons. I think a lot of times we have the impression we can get things done cheaper um, or at a lower price than we really can. And I've seen a lot of people that go into a project and they think they can do it for 25,000 and they're into it for 40. And now they're literally trying to just get their money back out of the house when they sell it. There's, there's not a lot of pressure right now on the marketplace for flipping because the market's too good for the existing market. The existing consumer can buy a house and, you know, put 10 grand into it and make it livable. And, and, you know, unless it's a really distressed property, um, it, it flipping is very tough right now. Yeah, it is. It's, it's rare to get them. And if okay, you do, I've got the million dollar question fighting for them. Million dollar question, Chris, how do you know when the right time to sell your house is to sell your house? I'll tell you what, um, if I was, if I was considering selling and it was like in the next couple of years, the one thing that, you know, and I'm kind of open to it. The one thing I would do is I would have my house ready to go and then keep in touch with whoever your realtor is and say that, hey, we're, we're thinking about doing it. Now, they might have someone in the meantime, but there's things happen in certain price ranges. All of a sudden, you know, so say you say on a lake, you know, right now there's six homes on a lake, you know, that are available. Well, this is a great time in which to do it. People are searching for, them, you know, so you might move up your uh your searches or your, uh, your sale, you know, to be able to kind of meet the demand. And sure. I mean, the right time to sell your house is when you can make the most amount of money. And so sometimes it's, if you're on the lake and it's in the winter, you might want to have green grass and, and, uh, blue water, you know, cause that's going to help you. But then again, if there's no houses on the lake, you know, people are still looking, they missed out from the last year and we got to get something. Just make sure that you have summer photos. And that's another thing. Always get seasonal photos uh, when you're ready kind of to uh, do your thing because you never know when you're going to be able to go. And a realtor, it's really helpful if we're going to list it in January and you want to get it sold, if you have some photos from that last fall or summer, it really right. helps. Right. I was going to say one quick little, another kind of spin on that is the, the right time, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately for us, is triggered by life events. You know, it's it's a you know, a death in the family, a divorce, um, you know, or maybe a positive thing like you, you now need more bedrooms or you don't have enough space. Now you have a, an adult child moving home or maybe your parents are moving in and you need more space. Um, so the right time sometimes is not economically timed correctly. And, and so there's like what Chris is saying, you know, we always think of how do we put the most equity in your pocket when you're selling and how do we get you the best possible value when you're buying? And so sometimes our personal agendas don't line up with the economy. And, you know, and then unfortunately, that's where I'd say that that's the most important time to hire a professional or consult with a professional to say, should I, um, can I, you know, um, or what, what's really wise right now? You know, should I, should I rent my neighbor's house for my parents? You know, is that a better move than losing $60,000 selling my house, you know, or whatever the situation might be? Because there's, there's always, you know, another scenario and there's always another um, way to protect um, your 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 best interests, right? So, yeah. All right, hey, all right. Let's roll. Uh, is a fireplace a good investment in a home? 
And then if any, how much value does it add? Well, let's talk about that. Is it a gas fireplace or a wood burning fireplace? And well, if it's new, it's a lot easier to do gas. Yeah. And how much do do you guys ever do real fireplaces? No, they're, they yeah. end up costing about 20,000. Yeah. By the time we do all of the air makeup units and everything in the houses with the building codes, um, gas, a nice gas fireplace with a tile surround and the, the unit itself and everything is about 5,500 bucks, kind of is what I see for an average across the board, 4,500 to 6,500 for most home builders. Um, but you know, what's crazy, Chris, is <clears throat> I'm actually seeing a big surge right now with the electric fireplaces um, where they can change colors. Um, they actually can produce heat. Um, they're different shape. So they're not just, you know, a rectangle. They're actually like a six foot long skinny rectangle. And it adds almost like an artistic and, you know, kind of a, or a, uh, a different vibe to the house. Right. So it's, and it, I don't know, it, it's kind of cool. Actually. I think it's a neat direction. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, most people look at a fireplace uh, uh, as aesthetics uh, versus, you know, as heat. And uh, you can you can do some really cool things with uh, your with. But I I think putting in a uh, a wood burning fireplace, I think that's one of those things that it's kind of it's got to be something that you want, and it's and it's worth it to you. But you're yeah. not going to get twenty thousand out of a wood burning fireplace. And you're maybe not going to get 6,000 out of a, you know, if I just said, Hey, I'm going to add a fireplace here. Yep. You know, there's some houses that you got to have two or three of them or else it's kind of weird if you don't, you know, but. Uh, it's surprising to me how many families I just had this, this week with a proposal I was doing for a builder. Um, we have, and he, they opted the fireplace out of the house because they, they have young children. They didn't want the safety concerns. They didn't want the, I mean, everything from, the heat of burning to the, you know, the gas leak to the whatever, they just did not want another concern for safety on the main level of the house, which, which I guess is very understandable. I would like to, to follow that up with, I've never seen safer, more efficient fireplace units than right now. They're unbelievably great. And they're, I think they're wonderful. And if you're like my daughter, a couple of years ago, I remember I was, it was about a 95 degree day out and I came home and I walk in the house and you know how the air has been running, you know, it's nice and cool. You walk in and it's cool. And my daughter comes and she's sitting out there watching TV in a blanket with the fireplace on. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> so, so I, I thought, Oh my gosh. I said, this is, this is really, I said, why don't you take the TV outside kid? And uh, you know, why don't you sit on the porch and sweat out there if you want to be warm, you know, but <laughs> kind of funny. I thought it was funny. You had to be there. All right. Um, how do you uh, market and sell odd features in the house? Do you try to cover them up or do you highlight them as uniqueness? Um, sometimes odd features can be a, uh, an advantage uh, for your house. And um, you, I, I think you, it, again, it depends. To me, it depends. Um, if there's something real quirky, let's just say like, uh, well, here, here's one a spiral staircase, okay? So a spiral staircase with inside your house um, for some people is quirky or- um, It's like yeah. fuzzy dice, like on your uh, on your Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> you, you saw those. Um, I did, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think you just gotta, that's something that I would not, I mean, unless it was 
super artistic and cool. Like one house I had was super like it was a if it was an extra staircase. It wasn't the only one. But if it was the only one, I would not photograph that thing to be able to send out to people. But then when I had them come over, I would be showing them exactly how they could remove that and come up with something different. You yeah, know, you know, I've also had I've actually had that scenario where we had a A-frame style house up in a, a couple of uh miles north of Champlin here. Um, and, and we actually had the homeowner repaint the railings to blend in. So they, it was a spiral staircase and it was that traditional black and there was nothing really else in the house that accented it. So we had them accent paint that to actually blend in a little better. And it, it became a mute point. Nobody even really said anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, yeah, you just try to probably try to downplay it a little or yeah. just not, um, I don't know it embrace it and like it's a huge marketing thing because some people won't do it and then you know they can figure it out once they get there or you give them an option how to figure it out gotcha gotcha all right last question here um so just how important are schools for a home buyer can it be make or break um how do you sell a house or how do you sell a school that might not be as well rated that's a great question yeah i think it's uh I mean, obviously, for some people, schools is the factor, you know, why they're purchasing. And you you look at, uh, you know, I live in Minnetonka, and the difference between, let's just say, uh, Minnetonka and another school district that might be by it, it might cost you 50000 more to be <laughs> in there. Um, but apparently, like as well. But you do, because there's some places that, let's just say you go to Credit River, you might be in... You might be in Prior Lake, uh, you might be in Lakeville, and if you switch over to Spring Lake Township, which is right by it, you might go to Jordan or New Bright. And so, and that and it makes a difference, you know, in how where you're located, and people are going to pay more, you right. know, for like a Prior Lake, Prior Lake or Lakeville than they are for New Bright or Jordan. You know, I think that the uh, the uh, for sure the um, the thing that I would take a look at, Chris, is that when it comes down to school districts. Um, you know, one, one big selling feature is to dive into why is it rated low and, and actually being able to answer that question for the consumer coming in and saying, Hey, here's the public schools. Here's why they're struggling or here's what they're struggling with. Um, and then you take a look at that and then you add to the, and Oh, by the way, here's a plethora of new charter schools and private schools that are within, you know, 10 miles of, of this location. And here's information on those as well. I'm seeing a lot of people not, and I'm saying recently, like within the last couple of years, not care as much about the school district as they did back in like 2012. When you had Warren Buffett in town here with that H2 or H2, whatever they called their company, um, they were buying, you know, what was it? 12,000 houses a year. And they were only buying in certain school districts. So if that tells you anything, so somebody from a Wall Street level comes in and says, I'm only going to buy in these districts. That's how much they believed in the investment being sound based on the district. Now, consumers now are being a little more flexible because as you go out farther, you may find the districts aren't scoring as high, but you can get affordable housing in those areas. And so you say, well, I drive five more miles each way to work. The schools aren't as perfect, but now everybody fits. Everybody has their own bedroom. We have a big backyard, you know, or whatever the, the pros and cons. You make a list, whatever has the most pros is, is the property that's probably the best. And sometimes people go, buy to get into a district. Then once their kids are in it, 
then they go out and get the other house that might be bigger, that's less expensive, and then they just bring their kids to school. So right. Yeah. And now it doesn't matter because you can just go online. True. It better, it better not be online in, in the fall. I'm just saying that. that would, you know, yeah, that would be a bummer, wouldn't it? I want to see some volleyball. I never thought I'd say that, but I want to see some volleyball. I well, my daughter's heading off to uh, school. Some of her girlfriends that are playing at the higher level, the D one level, they're leaving literally like in a week to head yeah. off to college. And uh, NCAA is saying they're going to allow them to do it. So I don't know what the rules will be when they get there, but uh, you're right. Um, Hannah's heading off to my daughter is heading off to Augustana, and um, and they're ready to play too. They but they don't go until a little later in the summer. But, um, you know, some of the summer camps were canceled, but I mean, even the, the clubs are starting to open up again and do one-on-one lessons. And so these kids need to get back out and get busy just like we do, you know, that desire that we have to go out and, you know, socialize and get in a restaurant and those kids got, you know, they, they have the same stuff. They're just younger. You know, do you know, Hannah is doing, uh, my daughter's senior pictures. Oh, really? Yeah. I, uh, she fired me as her agent cause I wanted uh, 30% off the top. So yeah. Yeah. We, we, we said, we'll pay you. We'll just pay you extra. So just keep it away from your yeah, father. Cut your dad out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I jokingly, I, that kid doesn't need any help. She's so talented and she's, she loves what she does. Like she actually loves to make girls look beautiful and, and it will even guys for that matter, but she's done more females than males um, when it comes to the senior pictures and things like that. And she's also done some family photography. Um, she's done some uh, video work at weddings and, but she, she has that, you know, passion to want to do it and do a really good job. And the, the funny part about it is she's so cute because she doesn't know what to charge people. And I'm like, what people don't realize is that when you take a picture and you're there for a half hour, there's three hours behind the scenes of editing to make everything perfect in the picture, adjusting the light levels and adjusting the whatevers. And so that's what, you know, I think that, uh, anyway, yeah. Thank you for the plug for her. She'll appreciate that. Yeah. I was just going to say, do you think, we need help to make my daughter beautiful. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, I told her, I said, you might want to get a couple headshots of Chris and we can see if we can fix it. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate uh, that. Always good buddy, to be with you, our Andy. Buddy Greg, our buddy Greg just chimed in and said, uh, good to hear from you guys. Where's Denny? Yeah, I know. We should get Denny in here. That would Wouldn't be kind of fun. Be? Yeah. You know, we'd get immediately attacked from uh, corporate America. Yeah, probably. He would. That's he okay. Would. Hey, th- again, those, those guys that were back when we were doing our radio gig, I, I still have all compliments. Everybody that was with us and helped us along the years. And we we had a good run, man. I I, I loved every part of it. Would never trade it for anything. And and uh, I had a nine-year run. You had an 11-year run. And it was, uh, it was all good, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we got some new exciting stuff we're working on here too. Chris, how do people get a hold of you if they would like you to list their house or you know, or if they want some of their, you've got that great um, one-on-one real estate program that you have. Yeah. Let's do chrisrooney.com is always the best way to do it. Okay. And uh, everyone goes that way and all my numbers and stuff are on there. So. And you do your integrity program that you have, you know, I know you don't like to talk about this stuff, but give us a quick two minute version or two second version of what, what that is. The marketing and mentoring program for realtors that are, that are in the industry and uh, trying to, um, help them become their best them not uh, what everyone else thinks they should be. So it's gotcha. a, it's an open program and it's kind of customized, but there's certain features that you have to have to be a successful agent in, in this industry. And one starts with integrity and doing the right thing. 
So um, and then we can build off of that. So Shoot. yeah, you might want to sign up. <laughs> you take old bruised fruit, Chris? Yeah. We we have to put you through like you ever like a washing machine, yeah. and then we dry you up and then we bring you out and then start, yeah. Cleanse cleanse me and rebuild me. All right, one last comment here from the crowd. Uh, Greg also asked, he says, uh, well, get Noel back then. Noel, hey, Noel, we got to have Noel out here. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's good. She's uh, She opened up her own brokerage uh, last year, Bright Birch, and uh, from what I've heard is doing, like, crazy well. And, uh, yeah, she's she was a lot of fun to work with with her videos. She's one of a kind, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's going to be filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Uh, uh, we have uh, a joint listing together in the new construction stuff. So we work. Oh, together okay. Yeah. We'll make sure to say hi. I haven't, uh, I haven't uh, seen Noel in a couple of months here. So. All right. All right, my brother. Okay, I appreciate it. Everybody at home. Uh, you've seen the sign behind me. If you're looking for a wild and crazy uh, Polish kid in the North Metro, that's me. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys soon. All right, see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.